0: Your radio sisters I'm Rachel I'm Bo And I'm Allie Kat Well we're singers, songwriters, and sisters And if you're curious about the creative process like we are Stick
1: around right here Each week you'll hear inspiring stories and interviews From the world's biggest stars and most creative minds You'll take away artistic gems to fuel your own creative process And get that project started already Or get the mojo to keep on going
0: That's right It's time for the Mulberry Lane Show Hey guys, it's Rachel here with your radio sisters, Bo and Allie. And if you're doing the daily adulting thing and you have that creative side hustle, you probably heard that age old saying, don't give up your day job. Mm-hmm. Well, your radio sisters are here and this show is here to make sure that you don't give up your daydream. Yes, Rachel, it's so important to keep doing what brings you joy, even when life gets crazy. So true, Allie. And guys, you're going to hear from three guests today who will spark some new life into your daydream. Let's get to it, sisters. The Mulberry Lane Show's on, celebrity story songs.
1: You're going to have it going on when we tell you who's stopping by now.
0: Well first up, you guys are gonna hang out with Danny Armstrong of Postmodern Jukebox. Now Postmodern Jukebox has over a billion views on YouTube. Think about that. Wow. Now musicians have collaborated to put these Postmodern Jukebox videos together and you're gonna meet one of those artists today, Danny Armstrong, and wow, you will love her energy, her creativity, and her love of everything vintage. Woo. Allie, who's
1: next? Well, think Captain Underpants and Dogman. Today, you'll meet New York Times
0: bestselling author Dave Pilkey. You're going to hear from Dave today about the book Dogman, Lord of the Fleas, which had a three million copy first printing. Dave also shares how he developed the Captain Underpants character in second grade. He's known as the savior of the reluctant readers. So if you have a reluctant reader in your family, Dave really gets to the heart of what draws kids in to want to learn to read. He also shares some creative advice How to keep your creativity alive With the demands of everything out there today So a great chat with Dave Today he really opens up about his process Okay Rachel, who's up next? Well finally, you're going to hang out with Chris Randone and Crystal Nielsen You might have seen them last fall in the ABC hit series Bachelor in Paradise They're going to talk all about the upcoming wedding And they'll have some really good relationship advice And a lot of what they said
1: can actually be applied to real life, even though this comes from a reality show. Okay, well, guys, this past week, my sisters and I took time out to have a sister night out. And
0: boy, did we have a good time. Yes, and we really needed it more than we thought. Uh (laughs) We used the excuse of having a radio show planning meeting. And we did do a little of that. Yes. (laughs) Among other things. (laughs) Well, we wanted to check out the new fire pit tables
1: on the patio of the Stoke and Goat. We got some drinks. We got dinner. And, you know, just having a night
0: without kids, without husbands, and without time constraints, we talked about So many things. Yes, it was really a sister free for all. And best part, none of us were carrying mom bags. So it's amazing how one small thing can make a big difference. And being without the kids, we could actually order and enjoy goat balls without any little boy humor at the table.
1: Isn't that right? <laughs> so all in all, a really fun night at the Stoke and Goat. And if you haven't been there yet, check it out. It feels like a mini vacation on their patio. <laughs> it
0: really does. Especially when you're sipping a strawberry riding sidecar. Mm-hmm, you should know.
1: <laughs> and I just have to say that on our way home, I did get a voice to text message from my Six year old, and she said, Come home soon, and I just had to play it for you right now. Come back home soon. Always good to get back home to those kiddos.
0: Okay, guys, stay right there. We'll be right back with Postmodern Jukebox. Danny Armstrong, aka Jack Danny, will be stepping up to the mic
1: right after this. Keep it here this Easter weekend with your radio sisters here on the Mulberry Lane Show. Woo! Mm
0: This segment is brought to you by Braddock Finnegan Dermatology, advanced comprehensive medical, surgical, and cosmetic dermatologic care. BraddockFinnegan.com. Get a creative boost right here for
1: your week. Back to it here on the Mulberry Lane Show. This is Allie along with your radio sisters,
0: Rachel and Bo. Postmodern Jukebox, the brainchild of Scott Bradley, features musical collaborations of musicians playing modern hits in vintage genres like swing and jazz. With over a billion YouTube views, PMJ has featured over 70 musicians and toured six continents. Right now you're gonna meet PMJ member Danny Armstrong and hear all about the group and what they're up to.
1: Welcome. Welcome to the show, Danny Armstrong.
2: Oh, thank you. Oh. <laughs> That's, That's amazing. Awesome. Great to have you with us. Yeah. PMJ. Oh, I'm so excited to be chatting with you guys today. Absolutely. Yeah,
0: well, PMJ is such a unique group. So, first for someone who isn't familiar with it, explain what the concept is and how it all came together.
2: Alrighty. Well, the concept is pretty simple, but it's extraordinary. We take modern music that everybody of any kind of age is familiar from the radio or television for the last, let's just say, 10 or 15 years But, of course, it could be a song released last week. And we take it back in time. We musically take it back in time. And we play it like it was played in a speakeasy in the 20s or a swing jazz club of the 40s or 50s, the Motown era of the 60s. We've even got a couple disco renditions that have come out recently. So we're pretty much putting a vintage filter on today's music. It's kind of the best way to say it.
0: It's such a cool concept. And I believe Scott was kind of a vintage music aficionado, right?
2: Absolutely. At the time when PMJ kind of started, Scott was playing piano in just clubs in New York, but he kind of made a little name for himself because people would say, we want to hear you know, Taylor Swift, and he'd be like, I'll give you Taylor Swift and play it like ragtime okay. to the point where it kind of became a thing. He ended up working at a venue and kind of running it kind of with this vintage filter, And but it never really got quite the where he wanted to go, I think, on his own, so he decided to set up his keyboard in his basement apartment in New York City, And invite a couple friends over and try a couple songs. And literally, the rest is history. I mean, people just found an interest in it instantly. It
0: took off so suddenly, which means, you know, time had met the opportunity, really.
2: Absolutely, and he created something ageless, because it's music that, you know, even elementary, middle school knows, to music that all of us in our 20s, I love that I just said that I'm in my 20s, hashtag lie, (laughs) 20s and 30s know, but it's done in a style of jazz, swing, that our older generations love and appreciate too, so he created an ageless environment. Yeah, We look in our audience and we see people in high school and, you know, when I was in high school, I was at Alanis Morissette, you know, I was at whatever was contemporary and whatever was put right in front of me, go right. Yes. But we see these same kids now listening and dancing to jazz music and bebop and all these styles that they probably would have never been exposed to otherwise. Right. Okay,
0: so now what I'm curious about is how do you form the arrangements? Does everybody get together and kind of work it out together? How does that part come about?
2: Great question. So, ironically, even though he is no longer in that basement, you know, little studio, we still film videos in his living room.
3: Okay. Okay. Yeah.
2: You know, we do not have a label. We are still a self-made. Scott is the daddy of this company and this huge thing that he's created here. Okay. Every once in a while on tour, we might get a studio or so all about that Base video was filmed in France, which is really cool. Oh. But 98% of these videos are That's still done okay. in the living room with Scott Bradley. Okay.
1: And then <laughs> is his decorating style naturally vintage as well? You know what? I will say if you ever see
2: Scott, he's either in a very vintage, sharp-looking suit or a track suit. He's got two styles, and, okay. and both of them I love him for. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> okay, so now you got to talk about how the arrangements come together. Pretty much what happens is Scott will reach out to one of our singers, or myself, let's just say, and say, hey, Dee, let's do a video. Why don't you come over at Wednesday? Okay. So I'll head over. It's always nice to print out a list of songs you already kind of know. Okay. And pretty much you just sit down at the piano with Scott, and he just kind of looks at your list and starts playing along, and, and there'll be probably five or six you go, oh, that's really cool. But then there's always that one okay. where you look at each other and you're like, Oh, that's the song. That's the song. And it is absolutely astounding how authentically he recreates these genres and styles of music just on the fly. He doesn't have sheet music. He's not looking up these songs. He's just going, oh, yeah, I've heard Black Hole Sun. How about this? Oh, I've heard Roxanne. I've heard Weezer. And then all of a sudden, it's just this amazing arrangement that you kind of go through piano and vocals. From start
0: to finish... How long does this process take?
2: Well, it kind of depends on his schedule. <laughs> okay. He's a busy guy as of late. He's written a new book that's amazing. And so, you well, know, he's obviously great doing a to Oh my gosh, it has! I didn't make it in the book, so I'm a little peeved. In uh, him, but I'm only three years old into the group. I figure his sequel is going to have a whole entire chapter called Jack Danny, <laughs> which is what everybody calls me. <laughs>
0: we will advocate for that for you. Yes, we, we will. We put in
2: our request. Thank you, girls. We got to have each other's back. Right? That's right. <laughs> yeah. So as far as how the whole thing comes together, it can be a matter of a days, maybe a week, but usually, okay. you know, you get you meet on Wednesday, and by Friday, you're in the living room. Scott's written out all the charts for every single part, from the horns to keys to whatever guitar to bass. So it really is throwback with the charts, too. Oh, it really is. I mean, he creates these dynamic lead sheets. He's got, I mean, just the best players, I think, that I've ever worked with. And I'm no spring chicken in this world or industry.
1: (laughs) Now tell us how you guys met.
2: Well, it's kind of a true little Hollywood discovery story. You know, you hear these stories of like, I was standing at a Starbucks and behind me, you know, River Phoenix was like, hey, or whoever was like, ah, you want to be in my movie? (laughs) Um, But I got up at a nightclub in Beverly Hills and sang one song at my friend's gig and just sang one song out of the hundreds of songs they were probably sang in that four or five hour span. And it just so happened to be the moment that the PMJ... Manager had walked in the restaurant. Okay, and he was just there for a few minutes to say hi to a client. And it happened to be the few minutes I was singing. I was singing "If I Ain't Got You" by Alicia Keys.
3: Okay. Mm.
2: And somehow I had no idea, but he's contacted the owner of the restaurant who contacted the owner of the music, you know, who ran the music program, who contacted the band leader, who contacted my friend who was a bass player to get my email address (laughs) all by 9 a.m. with an email saying, hi, do you want to come sing for Postmodern Jukebox? Oh,
1: my gosh, that's amazing. So then, yeah, okay. That so, was coming up on three years ago. And so that was the manager, right? Not Scott?
2: Yeah, exactly. So, oh, okay. so he, the- I think he slyly took some video and sent to Scott. And then Scott emailed me and said, all right, let's get together. And I did. I drove up to his house. That was all a big set. We okay. sat down at the piano, sang a couple of things. He said, all right, let's get you singing and touring.
1: Well, right now on the Mulberry Lane Show, you're hearing from Danny Armstrong of Postmodern Jukebox. Now, PMJ is a group that reworks contemporary music into vintage genres, and they currently have over one billion views on YouTube. So what was your first impression of Scott
2: then? You know, my first impression of Scott, and I mean this with all lovingness, he's such a dude. He's just a bro. He has, you know, done really well for himself now, bringing music to the world, and you know, he's accomplished a lot. But again, he's the guy in the tracksuit that might have a baseball cap on. That's like, hey, you want a coffee? Or hey, he's just so down to earth. He's okay. just a normal dude, you know. Yeah, I would expect someone with kind of his savant genius-like brain. And also the success that he's he's really beginning to garner, especially now with this new book. Uh You know, maybe he gets to be a little bit of a jerk. I tell you what, he's the nicest guy.
0: (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah,
2: that's That's great to hear. (laughs) And
0: then when did you start touring?
2: And then I did my first video shortly after that, um, which was Roxanne, wear earplugs. I'm screaming my face off. It's crazy.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I started touring. Was it like instant chemistry between you and the other members?
2: Well, the great thing about PMJ is it's never the same cast twice. Okay. Um, As much as I love everybody, it's always a new show. It's always new singers, always new musicians. It's how we're able to go in a lot of the same areas of the country multiple times a year because it's always a different show. So it's always exciting finding out who's on what tour. Okay. You know, some of the people I'm touring with. I haven't toured with since last February. A couple I haven't toured with since the the fall tour before that. Gotcha. And then some I tour with all the time. So it's it's definitely a unique little setup that's going on. Now, are there ever two tours at once? Absolutely. We have had two tours at once. There are times we've had three tours at once. We've got three tours and corporate gigs going on you know he's created such an amazing collective of musicians and artists that he's able to go to different places in the world and do corporate events or private parties or just keep filming videos it's the greatest part about having me such a large troop of phenomenally talented people that he can trust people to be in Poland and people to be in Nebraska.
1: That's right. That's awesome. After the break, you're going to hear more from Danny Armstrong of PMJ, so stick with us and check out Danny's amazing voice right now. You got it here on the Mulberry Lane show. You don't have to put on the red
3: light. Oh,
1: Well, Dr. Mary Finnegan of Braddock Finnegan Dermatology is here to tell you about Aqua Gold. So, Aqua Gold
4: is a small vial that has small stainless steel needles that are finer than a human hair in which we can leave product in the surface of the skin. The procedure takes about 15 minutes for the whole face. It gives a very dewy look, an
1: airbrushed look. There's mild redness, otherwise no downtime at all. Aqua Gold at Braddock Finnegan Dermatology. That's braddockfinnegan.com. This next segment is brought to you by Stoke and Goat. Come check out their one-of-a-kind patio and new cocktails. Stoke and Goat, 158th and Maple.
0: Need a break from politics? We're your show. Welcome back to the Mulberry Lane Show. I'm Rachel here with your radio sisters, Bo and Allie. Thanks for being here. Well, you've been hearing from Danny Armstrong of Postmodern Jukebox, and right now you're
1: going to hear the second half of our chat with Danny. Now Postmodern Jukebox is the brainchild of Scott Bradley, and the music mixes the classic sounds with mainstream hits.
0: Now back to our chat with Danny. Is it a week of rehearsal before you go
2: out on the road? It is three days. Three and days. Usually two days. I don't know what to do with three days Yeah, We've got an amazing creative team. We've got Scott there. We've got everybody there. Those are All really, really intense days. You know, they are. But luckily, again, because so many of us have toured together over the years and we right. know each other so well, everybody kind of their workflow is really in sync. So okay. we're rehearsing from, let's say, 11 till 6. We are working that whole time, but ooh, when six comes, we are at a speakeasy somewhere sitting in at jazz clubs. I mean, we work all day playing music, and you can guarantee you'll find us at a jam bar or a jazz club somewhere afterwards. What a fun gig. What a fun
0: group of people.
2: You know, it really is. I've had a great career, and I've toured a lot, and I've done a lot of amazing work, but I'm really excited to be with PMJ. I just think it's so authentic what he's doing. There is nothing that's not live. Our vocals are live. The instrumentalists are live. There's no live auto-tuning on voices. Our tap dancers, they are clearly alive. That's <laughs> right. So, you know, I've been a part of amazing, huge productions all over the world, but it's always just takes a little bit of your soul when a... A lot of it is so overproduced and singers aren't seeing their leads and stuff. So between the the fun of the material, the fun of the hang. And and the the purity of it. And to watch
1: something that is 100% live, there's nothing like it.
2: We truly just take everyone in the audience, transport them back in time and have a party. Yeah, Yeah, that's awesome. So now what's your musical background? So my parents actually met playing in a band together. Okay, (laughs) My mom was a drummer singer. You My had dad no was a piano player. <laughs> yeah, literally, she played drums until she was nine months pregnant with me. I think it was two weeks before I was born. She was still sitting behind the drum awesome. set. She awesome. said she had to sit really far away and reach really hard for her ride cymbal. But I yes. was. <laughs>
1: yeah. I'm sure you had like built-in rhythm, hearing a steady drum beat. In well, your ironically,
2: room. I did play drums. I do play okay. drums even to this day. So. Apparently, osmosis kind of right. snuck in there a little bit. <laughs> I'm sure.
0: You had very early music lessons. <laughs> and then you created
1: your own thing, right? A 90s rock review called Jack Danny 90s?
2: Yeah. People have been calling me Jack Danny for about 15 years now, and the meaning is really simple. My name's Danny, and I drink Jack. <laughs> I <love it. laughs> when you look at the Jack Daniels bottle and you take a Sharpie on the ELS, it says Jack Jack Danny. Danny. Like uh-huh. it, it could be at Made More in Heaven. Could it be? So that's kind of you know my stage name. So yeah, I have a, a like a '90s rock tribute band. And now we've moved on. I'm created an original jazz project called Jack Danny and the New Standards, and we're going to be creating original jazz music, but it's it's going to be in pop form—verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, chorus—but in a jazz style. So I'm right. really excited, and it's going to be mainly for digital release, for film and television placement. Oh. It's something I can still do and tour and do live shows at right. PMJ, which is perfect. You've got all the bases covered, uh, girls. You need to put those eggs in those baskets, honey. We're not getting any younger. <laughs>
1: I love it. So
2: is Scott
1: totally fine with all of you contractually? Like you guys get a lot of freedom with what you do.
2: Yeah. Whenever an opportunity comes up for someone, there's an opportunity for me to go tour with Kesha last year. Uh And of course, when you get this call and I had a PMJ tour scheduled, you get that call and you go, oh, my gosh, I have a PMJ tour scheduled for three months. Oh, my gosh. I just got offered a tour with Kesha. Uh It puts you in this horrible position. You know, you're just like, oh, my God, my heart. When I told Scott about it, he could not have been more thrilled. He could not have reiterated more that he wants PMJ to be a stepping stone for people to move on to do their own careers, wow. get bigger gigs, be better, be more. And honestly, in the way that both Scott and the management team of PMJ reacted, I stayed with PMJ. I did not go tour with Kesha. Wow. I said, you know, this is the camp I want to be in. This is a camp of people where it's still great music. It's still great seeing large audiences and getting exposure and meeting people all over the world, but more than anything, I'm with a group of people who are kind of my higher ups that really, truly care about me and where I'm going in my That's career. Amazing. And it gave me the inspiration to start Jack Danny and the New Standards and my Patreon channel. Wow. Well,
1: Danny Armstrong of Postmodern Jukebox is with you right now. I keep it here on the Mulberry Lane Show.
0: That- so now, are the other members, are they all as go-getter as you?
2: I call myself the lazy one, I feel like. <laughs> I mean, I know I'm not lazy. I'm also a few years older than the other, we'll call them affectionately kids. Okay, but sometimes I look at them and I'm like, geez. I need a nap. What are you kids doing? <laughs> I would say I've surrounded myself with some amazing people with energy and drive and commitment, and I think those are the kind of people Scott likes to have right. in postmodern jukebox and I'm as well. Because sure it, you
0: all inspire each other too, and that that's such oh, a great 100%. creative environment to be a part of because it spurs you on to tackle that next project.
2: Oh, absolutely, and we all do collaborations on each other's Patreon channels, YouTube channels on each other's albums. I mean, we truly are always lifting each other up and supporting each other as much as possible.
0: You know, it kind of reminds me of what you hear about, you know, the old Motown days where there was a lot of collaborations happening.
2: Oh, absolutely. I mean, and back in Motown days, you know, everybody from one label got on a bus and went on a tour. They weren't even in the same band, you know? Uh So we are all on these buses touring the world in the same band, but at the same time working on all these different projects together. So it Mm -hmm. definitely has kind of that kickback to that old Motown kind of right. mentality and operation.
0: I wonder if that was purposeful, you know, when he created that too, to have that kind of retro
2: environment about the music oh, too. 100%. I mean, there are times where we've been in a position where we could have two tour buses. We'd rather have one. We just all want to stay together, <laughs> even <laughs> if it means we're a little more cramped.
0: <laughs> so that says so, so much, you know.
1: It really does. And then before we let you go, over the years, do you have a favorite like either something you've done with PMJ Live or a video that's been released, what is your favorite performance and what song?
2: Oh, that's easy. Well, I first off have to get a shout out. I did six or seven tours in Iraq and Afghanistan for the men and women of our armed forces. I did that back in the mid-2000s, and those are the best crowds, the most appreciative crowds, the best, we'll call it entertainment social work I've ever done in my life. Big love and affection to all of our men and women of our armed service. That was a huge honor for me. That's and awesome. it made me grow so much as an artist and learn to be authentic on stage. It really did, because you can't fake anything when you're looking at people going out and putting their lives on the line right. every single day. You really can't. In the middle of Baghdad. You can't, no. And as that affected me as an artist, I think it just made me grow up and become more authentic. And uh, the moment that kind of comes to mind is two summers ago, we were on a tour, and we were in Michigan, just mm-hmm. outside of Detroit, where I'm from. And we were performing at this massive amphitheater that I saw my very first concert at and then subsequently growing up saw many more concerts at. And I remember thinking... Oh, I just want to be on that stage. Oh, I just want to be on that stage. Yeah. Walking out with postmodern jukebox and kind of my signature song, which is to see a chandelier that I sing very dramatic and uh, operatic in this huge ballgown. Yeah. And I looked out as I raised my head to start singing and I just saw my entire family. Oh. <laughs> and I was like, Oh crap, I'm supposed to sing right now? How is this happen? <laughs> I could visualize it so well. Oh, well, you know, I mean and I've done the Grammys and the Emmys and But, you know, so many of these big things you sing at, and it's just a sea of faces, and you're so appreciative. But to look up, and I mean, the first person I made eye contact with was my mother, who was a music educator. She's huge in my life and been my number one supporter and advocate. I can't even tell you. And to meet her eyes I was like Well crap I haven't even gotten The first verse out And I'm pissed (laughs) up (laughs) So how was that performance? (laughs) I will say It was amazing And uh, just to toot My own little horn I got a standing ovation At Meadowbrook Amphitheater In Michigan
0: I was dying I could see how That would be The most memorable performance And I'm
1: sure It had that extra Spark of emotion too
2: Oh it sure did I mean That song itself Is gut-wrenching But just thinking Of everything I'd been through To get to that point in my life surfacing in the three and a half minutes of that song oh child it was crazy oh, I bet. It.
0: well gosh this was an awesome interview Danny. thank you so much for sharing your heart and your musical journey we appreciate it thank you ladies so much righty, that was Danny Armstrong
1: of Postmodern Jukebox check out postmodernjukebox.com when we come back here on the Mulberry Lane Show meet best-selling author Dave Pilkey think Captain Underpants and the Dogman books keep hanging with your radio sisters right here on the Mulberry Lane show.
2: Somebody's hiding, crowd in my ice box. Somebody's cold water is giving me chills. yes
3: I'll just close.
1: The Stoke and Goat. Funny name, casual atmosphere, and seriously good food. The Goat's new spring menu is here with summer salads, light seafood, and chicken entrees. Enjoy their fabulous patio, craft cocktails, and weekend brunch. Stoke and Goat, 158th and Maple. This next segment is brought to you by Taxis. Check out their spring menu with new appetizers, sandwiches, and entrees, plus fun cocktails on the patio. Taxis, 120th and Blondo.
0: The Mulberry Lane Show, where every creative journey is respected. I'm Beau, here with my sisters Rachel and Allie. Well, you know him as the creator of the crazily popular Captain Underpants series and Dogman books. Dave Pilkey is here right now to talk about his craft, his new book, Dogman, Lord of the Fleas, out now, and what inspires his storylines. Welcome,
1: welcome to the show, Dave Pilkey. Thank you
5: very much. Yay! Okay. I, I'm, not, I'm not very good at singing. <laughs>
0: that was awesome. Okay, so now first off, you have to explain Dogman to someone who hasn't read the series and what fans have to look forward to in Dogman, Lord of the Fleas.
5: Okay, well, Dogman is basically it's a graphic novel series about, kind of about a dog and a cat and a kitten. And, <laughs> and, um, and they're they're all trying to, very hard to be better versions of themselves. And, um... And, and in the new book, Dogman, Lord of the Fleas, I was kind of inspired by oh, one of the themes in um, William Golding's Lord of the Flies. Okay. Um, okay. And so it's kind of a takeoff on that a little bit, but it's a brand new story. It's really a story about this cat who was the bad guy who's really trying to change his nature.
0: So now this was a three million copy first printing. So when you found that out, what was your reaction? Um, <laughs> I
5: was very overjoyed and, and maybe a, a little bit worried.
0: Okay. <laughs> so, are you a warrior?
5: I am a warrior. Okay. Uh, but I, I was just hoping that that everyone would uh, would like it as much as as much as I do and I was hoping that there there wouldn't be a whole lot of remaindered copies.
0: Well, I don't think you have to worry about that. So, <laughs> now it resonates with both adults and kids. So, what's the magic? Well, I
5: think kids relate to the dogs and the cats. You know, kids love animals, and, and actually adults do, too. And the stories are funny, and they, they move along very quickly. And I throw in some jokes for the adults, too, okay. because I I always loved it when I was a kid, and my, my parents would read to me. And so I, I, I'm hoping that I'll, we'll get parents and kids reading the books together, because oh. there's there's something for everybody.
0: So now you developed your Captain Underpants character in second grade. So That's right. So did you ever think that it would become a best-selling book and a series and, and everything that it has become. And when I think about, or any of us think about what we were doing in second grade, we wouldn't have the nerve to pitch that as an idea. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> how did all that yeah. come about?
5: Well, I in second grade, I had a lot of challenges. I, I had um, I wasn't doing real well in school. I was misbehaving and I was diagnosed with what they now call ADHD. Okay. And I had dyslexia and my teacher was just she didn't know what to do with me, so she just put me she put me on the hallway. Okay. And I had nothing to do out there, and so I got some paper and pencils and started creating characters, and Captain Underpants was born in the hallway in second grade. And So, also so you
0: actually owe that teacher a lot, really?
5: Yeah, I think so, yeah. I mean, <laughs> something that I thought was so bad at the time actually ended up being a good thing for me.
0: Uh-huh. So then you would sit out in the hall and create these characters. They were probably your friends and your company as well. They were, and
5: and they were a way for me to connect with the kids who were still in the classroom. <laughs> they were my friends, and I and I wanted to still have a relationship with them. So when I was allowed to come in the class, I would bring my comics with me, and I would share them with the kids. And instead of being the bad kid in the hallway, I was the kid making the, the books. And so it was, it was a, a new identity for me,
0: which was okay. nice. If you've just joined us, you're listening to best-selling author Dave Pilkey here on The Mulberry Lane Show. So now you have been called the savior of the reluctant reader, and obviously you were a reluctant reader yourself. So what have you done to draw those readers in, do you think?
5: Well, I think, you know, one thing about Dogman is, is it's a graphic novel. Um, so the text, instead of being large blocks of text, you know, page after page, it's all broken up into panels, and each panel has a picture that accompanies the text. And I, I think kids really respond to that because, mm-hmm. you know, they're, they're trying to develop their vocabulary, they're trying to learn... To read, which is basically a, a whole other language that they're learning. And when you have words and pictures together, you know, the, the pictures give contextual clues to the meanings of the words, which, which really help not only help kids to learn to read, but it, it helps with their vocabulary acquisition as well. Uh-huh. And I, I think that's one of the things that has made the series so popular.
0: And it, it draws them in, really.
5: Yeah,
0: yeah. So now you are all about people living creative lives. And one of the purposes of this show is to make sure people stay in touch with their creativity. So right now, if you could give two pieces of advice. One for the adults who may have given up their creative passion or something they love to do because of, you know, being an adult and time demands and all of that. And then advice to kids on how to keep their amazing kid creativity alive.
5: Okay. All right. (laughs) So First for the adults, um, I would say... To you have to do it. You have to immerse yourself into it. I, whatever your creative passion is, you even if you don't know, if if you're let's say you're a writer, start writing. Even if you don't have an idea, just start writing because you'll get more accomplished by doing something than by doing nothing. Of course, mm-hmm. and um, and you never know what you'll come up with. And I think for kids, you know, I think reading for fun. Is a huge, huge thing. It's what changed my life. Okay. And there's been so many studies that have been done that show that kids who read for fun every day and who make it a habit, they do better in school. They have better communication skills. They're kinder, more empathetic people. They they develop all these skills that are so not a, not just important in school but in life. It, it's a real game changer, and it helps with creativity too. So, so I think setting aside a half hour every day just to read for fun is. Like really, really important
0: Okay, great advice The Captain Underpants is now a series on Netflix How involved were you and what do you think of it?
5: Uh, I was not too involved But okay. I know all the people who were involved And I trust them completely And they did a fantastic job And I, I'm so happy with uh, everyone at DreamWorks The movie came out last year and That was a big hit And, and uh-huh. I just could not be happier
0: what a cool thing to watch that come to life for you. And thank you for what you've done for literacy and kids and drawing them in. Thank
5: you so much. Thank it was you. Great
0: talk to you. Take care. That's best-selling author Dave Pilkey. Make sure you check out his new book, Dogman Lord of the Fleas. Next up, hang out with Chris Randone
1: and Crystal Nielsen of Bachelor in Paradise. We'll meet you right here on the Mulberry Lane Show, right around the corner. This is Bo, here with my sisters, Rachel and Allie. Taxi's new spring menu is here with new appetizers, sandwiches and entrees, and a fun selection of cocktails. Enjoy them all on the new patio. Come see what's new this spring at Taxi's 120th and Blondo.
0: Let's dive back in, the Mulberry Lane Show. I'm Beau, here with my sisters Rachel and Allie. Maybe you've taken those online tests, 21 reasons why you're obsessed with The Bachelor. Well, this segment is all about The Bachelor. Now you know Chris Randone from The Bachelorette season 14 and Crystal Nielsen from The Bachelor season 22. But more importantly, you saw them fall in love with each other on the ABC hit series Bachelor in Paradise season five. Now you guys can catch up with these two lovebirds right now and then binge watch all of The Bachelor's franchises on Tubi, the world's largest ad supported video on demand service. Welcome, welcome to the show, Chris and Crystal. That was awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Great to have you guys with us today. So now both of you were fan favorites on your seasons of The Bachelor and Bachelorette, and then you found true love on Bachelor in Paradise. So we have to go back in time that was just at the end of last year. Chris, we want to know what was going through your head while you were proposing to Crystal
6: that I was gonna have a heat stroke because it was (laughs) so hot and I was so nervous that I was gonna forget the stuff that had been writing for the past 24 hours Uh but other than that and when crystal came down all my nerves were gone and all my energy and focus was on her so that's kind of where my head was at during that time
0: okay and crystal what was it like from your perspective ultimately it was an incredible experience It was one of the best, best moments of my life. And the best part is it's all professionally documented forever. I know. (laughs)
6: Right. And now we can go and watch it whenever we want in our family and friends, which is crazy on Tubi, which is incredible.
0: Yeah, that's great. So now your engagement party is in about a month. So what's the plan for that, Crystal? Well, I'm actually going through a three-week workout program that I'm inviting
4: fans and followers to join me as I prep for wedding season. And you're known as and, Coach Crystal. Yeah, Coach Crystal underscores my Instagram and coachcrystal.online is my website. So I'm inviting fans to work out with me while I get wedding ready in my three week shred program. You know, we're focusing on making time for health, fitness, but also take some time away from everything to really continue to evolve our relationships.
0: So important. So how did being on The Bachelor for each of you, you know, it's such a huge platform and so public. So, you know, you've got to see yourself reflected in a new way. So what did each of you learn about yourselves going through this process? Crystal? Actually being on The Bachelor and watching that back
4: and just seeing I had really put up walls to let people in, especially in romance because of hurt I'd experienced you know, with my dad not being a part of my life and really seeing my mom, a single mom of five, really struggle to provide and it's in relationships, So it was a lot of hurt. So I never really allowed myself to trust in a relationship and really fully surrender. And I saw how much pain that had been causing me. So I was very eye-opening.
0: That was when you actually watched yourself back. You noticed that.
4: That was when I watched myself back on The Bachelor, like several months before Paradise started. So Knowing that, I decided to really work on myself and So what understand. kinds of things
0: did you do to kind of open yourself up? Because so many of us live with walls.
4: Number one, having an honest conversation with myself and journaling. Okay. Where I really ask myself the tough questions. And I see this a lot with clients not living in reality. You're not really accepting mm-hmm. what it is. Until you're able to face that demon, you can't move past it. So you really have to put in the work. And for me, that was alone time. just work with myself Mm -hmm.
0: now were there times when you got discouraged through that process yeah of course but
4: then you just have to remember your reason why Mm -hmm. do you want to keep living with failed relationships because of past you know hurts and self-limiting beliefs or do you want a future Mm -hmm. do you want happiness Mm -hmm. and if you want it bad enough you're willing to do the work
0: and then Chris what did you learn about yourself
6: to not be so reactive Okay. Uh, and letting others affect my energy, making sure that I process things and I articulate myself in a better fashion when it comes to a stressful environment.
0: How did you master that?
6: By really giving myself a good self-evaluation
0: okay, and
6: understanding scenarios and going back and really thinking about how could I have approached this differently. Also, understanding that there's always room for improvement within ourselves to become a higher version of ourselves. So that was really big for me.
0: It's amazing what you can learn about yourself in that situation. If you're just joining us, you're listening to Chris Randone and Crystal Nielsen from Bachelor in Paradise here on the Mulberry Lane Show. So for someone who has just had a breakup or someone who thinks their person just isn't out there, what words of encouragement do you have for them, Crystal?
4: Don't let your past define you. You can alter your course right here and right now with just switching your beliefs know who you are and let that
0: freak flag wave <laughs> <laughs> I love that. and sign bright. <laughs> <laughs> and Chris, yeah. do you have anything to add?
6: Yeah, I would say don't look for love. Embrace to just keep working on yourself and to know that there is someone for everyone out there. But I think the way you really find someone or someone comes into your life is if you just surrender and let go of the past and just be open to anything that comes your way
0: okay it's almost about finding yourself first yeah
6: yeah i mean if you don't know who you are how are you going to be able to want to get to know someone else
0: okay all right well guys we want to thank you so much for joining the show sprinkling it with such good advice and before we let you go one tip to keeping romance alive from each of you crystal weekly date night off the phone (laughs) okay and chris
6: Always make sure you're listening to the other person. Okay. So that way, if they're going through something or if they need to be nurtured or if there's something that you can provide to help them, it gives them that comfort to know that you're still there for them in the relationship.
0: Mm, so good. And guys, you can download Tubi, that's T-U-B-I, to catch up with all the bachelors, Bachelor, Bachelorette, Bachelor in Paradise. And Chris and Crystal, thanks for joining the show today. Thank well, you.
1: Thanks so much for having us. That was Chris Randone and Crystal Nielsen from Bachelor in Paradise. Okay, sisters, now it's time for one of our
0: favorite parts of the show. Yes, this is Show Notes. This is where we share the best advice from each guest with you. What we want you to take into your week. Well, Danny
1: Armstrong of Postmodern Jukebox, she said that as a musician, you can't keep all your eggs in one basket. That's why she performs with Postmodern Jukebox, but she also has a Patreon page, a YouTube channel. She always has a project in the works. And if you're a creative or a musician, we think this is such good advice because the more diversified you are, the more insulated you are from downturns. And such fitting advice for this Easter weekend to not keep all your eggs in one basket. (laughs) Good catch there, Allie. And thanks Danny
0: for joining the show today and hanging out with the girls. Woo! Alright, then you guys heard from best-selling author Dave Pilkey, the Captain Underpants series and the Dogman books. Now his advice came from when he was in second grade. He had ADHD and dyslexia. He was misbehaving and was sent in the hallway. Well, he started writing his series right then and there. And when he came back into the room, he was able to share his drawings and his cartoons with the other kids, which allowed him to connect with them. And Dave said that this changed his identity. Instead of being the bad kid in the hallway, he was the kid making the books. And we thought this was great advice because you can turn a negative into a positive by turning your obstacle into your opportunity and change your identity. Well said, Rachel. Thank you. Dave, thanks for bringing your talent to the show
1: today. Mm -hmm. Who else, Allie? Well, finally, you heard from Chris Randone and Crystal Nielsen from Bachelor in Paradise, and they had some relationship advice. They said, don't let your past define you. They said the best way to go into a relationship or even to find someone is not to focus on finding them, but to work on yourself right now and to know who you are. Because if you don't know who you are, how can you get to really know someone else or share yourself with someone else? That's true. So solid advice from Chris
0: and Crystal from Bachelor in Paradise, well thought out. And on this Easter Passover weekend, we want to wish you some wonderful moments and celebrations with your friends and family.
1: And for us, Mulberry Sisters will be heading to church on Sunday to celebrate Easter. And then afterwards, we're going to a family brunch with the whole gang, all decked out in our Easter best. Mm And we're already looking forward to spending time with you next weekend, same time, same place, same sister count. That's right, we'll be waiting right here for you. Both. Stay happy and stay blessed. Allie, don't forget to be awesome, Rachel. That's a wrap.